Hello, and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist, Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by... The naughty little rat boy, Eric Velasquez. My pronouns are also he, him. <laughs> I, uh, or- Orlock mentioned uh, that Eric was a naughty little boy, so I was like, you know what? Let's go with it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let's do it. There was either this or the zombie bandmate. I don't know. <laughs> or the uh, the bartending mummy. There's a lot of good options in this one. A lot yeah. of nice, weird background characters, which is what we love. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So uh, if you couldn't tell already, we uh, we already enjoyed the hell out of this uh, movie. <laughs> yeah. If, if commentary tracks aren't your thing, you may have not. I might have skipped the last thing, but yes. Yeah, so we. I guess it'll be about a week ago when this episode comes out. We, you know, we watched the movie live and and did an, an audio commentary track and saw our, you know, kind of got our like initial reactions. And yeah, mm-hmm. like like you said, I I enjoyed it even more than I expected to. And I've since watched it two more times once without commentary and once with you know with rob zombies commentary not ours mm-hmm. obviously and yeah i i i think i like it more each time i watch it honestly yeah like this is the gift that keeps on giving so i'm in for it yeah like it's just as you rewatch it there's just you catch more little details in the background mm-hmm. things like this is definitely made by a fan of the monsters and right, i mean exactly. what more can you ask for well, I mean, we have characters that only pop up in like one episode of the old show, but they're still brought into this. Uh, we have Uncle Gilbert. We have the robot. Who else do we have? We have Obviously, Lester, which we haven't Lester. gotten to in our watch, but apparently Lester does show up in one episode of the Munsters that I don't remember super well. But uh, mm-hmm. but so we'll we'll get to see him again later uh, on our our Patreon watch through. Okay, so I don't know if you are a big fan of uh, Red Dwarf which is a British sci-fi comedy show back from, like, the 80s. So yeah, I, I've seen be. a couple, but I, I'm not super familiar with it. All right. I'm just going to say Lester has big cat vibes, okay? <laughs> okay. So if you know the character Cat, Lester is bringing a lot of that energy with him on this one. Okay. And I, I'm here for it. <laughs> you know, it starts out, we get an old-school Universal logo. It's it's not the one from the original Frankenstein, but I think it is the one that they used in, like, Bride and maybe The Invisible Man. Uh, it's a good classic-era one. And I, I did see in the commentary, Rob Zombie was like, you know, Universal, basically, like, I could use anything Universal owned. And, oh. like, I got to choose which opening credit th- or opening title card. And he was like, that that's the one I wanted. That's, uh, that's why, of course, you get all the, like, Abbott and Costello movies and you get, like, The Mummy and stuff, is that, you know, he had... Had the rights to do those for free, so it was kind of nice uh, that he was able to, to make use of those. I feel like if they gave him a blank check, he he underused it. Either <laughs> that or they're like, you've only got a couple couple slots here you can use up, buddy, and then we're cutting you off. <laughs> yeah. Or the whole movie would have been throwbacks to like old monster movies, probably. with no Yeah, <laughs> right. And I did, uh, I know one thing that a lot of people complained about when like the original trailer came out was people were disappointed that it wasn't in black and white. Mm -hmm. Um, And apparently that was like a studio thing. He was like, nobody was going to give us the money if we tried to do black and white. But that's why you do get a lot of nice black and white scenes here and there. You know, you get... Uh, like when Herman's introduced on the TV, well, obviously we'll get to here shortly, but like there's there's some scenes where he was like, I, you know, I was able to cheat and get some black and white in there and, and have it make sense for the story. Right. Uh, but we if, even if got I got some black and white cartoons at, at the later part of the movie. Right. 
And he was like, you know, if I couldn't do black and white, I was going to do color to like 11. And he definitely did that. Did so good on him 11, for that. Yeah. yeah, 100% yeah all right so let's get this party started um but yeah so the movie starts we you know we end up we're in a graveyard it's a very frankenstein type scene um you know we got a lot, a lot CGI of fog bats. yeah yeah there's there's no flappy bats they're all cgi in this um but well, not yet we kind of get one later yeah that <laughs> yes that's true <laughs> uh but yeah you know it's it's very classic you know wolves howling fog uh, and then you've got your mad scientist, uh, Dr. Augustus Wolfgang, or Henry, Henry Augustus, Augustus. Wolf. Yes. Right. I was calling him literally everything but his appropriate name. Like, I was calling him Dr. Wolfgang, Dr. Augustus. Well, I guess Wolfgang would have been right, but Augustus. And then, like, Henry Augustus Wolfgang. Yeah. Uh, so just, you know, a nice mashup of a bunch of different Frankenstein names. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, he's joined by his assistant, who will learn Floop. his name Floop. <laughs> Played by well, let's talk about uh, Henry uh, Augustus Wolfgang, Richard Brake, an amazing uh, actor and Rob's zombie alumni. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, every scene he's in, he's going to be chewing that scenery. Like this guy devours the scenery that he's in. Okay, then of yeah. course, Floop, uh, Playboy Jorge Garcia from uh, Lost. Mm-hmm. If that's still a thing. <laughs> The, these characters are some of my favorite. I could just watch them do their thing for hours. Like if they decided to go back and do a like legitimate or at least semi-legitimate um, Frankenstein movie, maybe more of a comedy kind of like this, just with uh, Augustus Wolfgang and uh, Floop, I'm, I'm there for it. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have, like, big, like, young Frankenstein energy. Mm-hmm. Like, they kind of bicker at each other in a really fun way. Richard Brake is, like, definitely channeling, like, Peter Cushing kind of Frankenstein more than, like, the than the right. um, Universal. But, it wor- like, it works. And then, of course, yeah, like, uh, Floop is a tr- basically a Fritz, you know. He's a very traditional, but he's he's mouthy. Like, he's, like, arguing with Wolfgang. And then, you know, he yeah, kind of gets definitely- a turn... When like He's definitely Fritz by way of Igor, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, uh, and he, when Herman kind of like moves into like his attempt at celebrity, Floop is there for it. He's like <laughs> instantly in like a gold LeMay Elvis Presley suit. Like he is, uh, he's ready for the you know the bright lights and everything. Yeah, he's the manager. Yeah. So I don't um, know if that's a comment on uh, managers or what. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that goes back to us talking about how, like, in a way, like, Fritz makes the monster into the monster. And so maybe it makes sense that the the hunchback assistant would be the, you know, manager of, like, Herman's career. Right. Of course, he makes Uh, him more of a a ham than he already is, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, So what happens? We've We've got the doctor. We've got Floop. We get a crypt door. They're walking down. We see this coffin. Yeah, there's like it's just like you know one of those like empty crypts with like a single coffin in the middle of the room, mm-hmm. uh, and they like are breaking it open. Meanwhile, we see there is a zombie stumbling through the cemetery. Right. I, I think you're probably not. Well, I can't say that. It's kind of obvious it's a zombie. <laughs> there's from the from the back of the head. It's like uh, the way it shuffles. It's a zombie carrying a suitcase. Yeah, and really quickly, I mean, if you didn't catch it, he turns and faces the camera, and he is like a decaying corpse. And we get the title Uh, card, Monsters. Yeah. And so apparently, a fun little fact, I'm not going to like fill this with Rob Zombie commentary facts, but this I thought was really fun. So the physical actor playing that zombie 
is one of the original Teletubbies. Tinky mm. Winky is the zombie. Amazing. But then the voice is one of Fred the guys Cowrie. from the band Cinderella. Right. Um, Fred Cowrie, right? Right, and he's but he's <laughs> apparently they decided he should do an impression of Angus Young from ACDC. So that, <laughs> there's like several layers of metal guys uh, involved in the, the making of this, and then also a Teletubby. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, also the zombie we find out his name is Pennywhacker. Yeah, so that it turns out that is the guy that they're trying to dig up. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they open the coffin, it's empty, and then he shows up and is like, you know, hello, chaps. Right. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> He's a very, very polite, formal, uh, formal zombie. Mm-hmm. Floop is very curious. He's like, so do you guys like for real like eat brains? And he's like, yeah. Oh yes, I enjoy a nice grilled cerebellum with a side of chips. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, but then um, Wolfgang just brains him with brains a little him. hammer. <laughs> It's like, oh, hello, bang. <laughs> so they, uh, he's like, you know, I want his phalanges because he's a great <laughs> pianist, pianist. And Floop does not know what phalanges are, but he's like, sure, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and then we get an, a really funny bit with them where they have to take a picture first. Right, for some reason. <laughs> and he like poses. Yeah, he keeps trying different poses and Floop's like, what else you got? I'm not, I'm not liking that one. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, they get a, get a nice photo, and, you know, you get, like, the freeze-frame still of the photo on the screen. Then we uh, cut to another, we see a different coffin that is, like, in a gothic castle. You know, you've got a very Munster scene, basically, you know, and there's just this, this single coffin, and it opens, and out pops Grandpa, Grandpa. or the Count, as we'll, oh, yeah. we'll call him in this, because, you know, he doesn't have any grandchildren yet. yet. Yeah, that, well, that he knows about. right because i mean i feel like lester has a couple pups you know yeah i'd believe it (laughs) (laughs) they do a great bit and this bit kind of becomes like a running thing where like every time we're introduced to one of the monsters the first time we see them they are scary and intimidating and then something silly happens happens to undermine that um, so, you know, he gets gets like the Nosferatu kind of deal where he just rises up out of the coffin all ominous and then he like tweaks his back and he's like, oh, out, oh. Uh, and so, you know, he has to like call for Igor to come help him because he's, you know, he's like, when you get my age, everything stops working. And I mean everything. <laughs> right. You know, uh, once you hit a nice little years. dick joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, you know, um, Igor, played by Sylvester McCoy, the the last Doctor Who from the original run. And um, uh, Radagast, if you're into the Hobbit movies, which I don't know too many people that are <laughs> into those. Uh, but he's like, yeah, I, I've heard that that's the case, you know, and he kind of helps him. And then they start talking about that, you know, Lily is out on a date. With Count um, Orlock. Yeah, Count Orlock, who is also played by... Um, Richard Brake. Brake. And, you know, Grandpa's really confident. He's like, this is going to be a love connection. He's a total package. He And he's also rich. Uh, right. I think well, he's, he's like, handsome. He's a swinger, which I, I didn't know was a thing to, like, I guess he means he's good at dancing. And he's loaded. Yeah, because this is definitely, like, feels like it's set in the 60s. So, yeah, I think swinger is more like a, a hip guy rather than, like, you know, mm-hmm. a... Uh, People you know, with an open marriage, yeah. <laughs> so you know he's excited about that, and then we cut to the date, uh, and it's kind of the same deal. Lily comes like rolling in. It's like she's clearly on like a dolly or something because it's just like this perfectly smooth glide entrance, and she's got like in this pose. She's in like a Vlad the Impaler kind of you know Romanian looking outfit, like lots of like fur and and lace and everything, mm-hmm. and you know fog rolling in. And then we also see Orlock, who's a 
you know, is Nosferatu, basically. And he looks very creepy as well. Right, but uh, co- by contrast, she's dynamic, whereas he's static, and that makes him creepy, just mm-hmm. as it makes her creepy. Like, he's yeah. not moving up. He's barely twitching. Yeah. Uh, and then when they, like, get to each other, it's then it gets into, like, date stuff, and it, again, it you know, again, like, undermines the scariness. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he forgets her name. He's like, oh, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to remember all the girls. Right. Um, Apparently he's, uh, he gets around. Yeah. And then, like, he, he further emphasizes that because they get to a restaurant, um, and she's like, have you been here before? And he's like, oh, yeah, I go every night with my date. And so, like, <laughs> he is clearly, like, having trouble making a connection, and, and we'll see why. Well, <laughs> even the mummy's like, hey, this you want your usual table, bud? <laughs> <laughs> right. And the restaurant's great because, it's yeah, it's all Egyptian theme, and it's, you know, all the waiters are mummies. You know, I think we talked about this a little bit in the commentary, but it's really nice because you see something like Count Orlock is so meticulously well done, and then the mummies look a little cheap, mm-hmm. and it's, like, it's clear that it's, you know, Munster's cheap. Like, it's intentionally... It, it looks the way it does on purpose, I right. think. I'll have to agree with that, because, as you said, there's a lot of good makeup jobs, but there's a lot of bad makeup jobs, and it's like, either they knew where to, to spend the money, and they were like, we won't spend so much money on this, but I think it still makes it look good. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's there's a lot of hyper-color going on here. And it's kind of the thing where it's like, you watch like old monster movies where you can see the, the zipper on the, the monster mm-hmm. suit and stuff, and there's a charm to that. And I think that like, it's an intentional nod back to that kind of charm. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, we probably could have CGI these mummies and made them all decayed and have chunks of, you know, like, exposed ribs and stuff. But instead, we're just going to put people in masks and yeah, kind of... suits. Yeah. And, well, and I, I, I appreciate that. Well, even going back to that, like the vampire patrons, I'm assuming they're vampire. There's some fi- they wear old outfits and they're probably undead of mm-hmm. some form. But even their makeup looks pretty good. And their mm-hmm. outfits look pretty good yeah. compared to the mummies that are just masks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or even the zombie. Right. Um, but yeah, so they sit down to dinner and, um, you know, they like the mummy comes with their food pretty much right away. Okay. Now uh, this one got my, was like really, because it looks like Richard breaks like straight up eating like maggots and millworms. Mm-hmm. And apparently all of the food in this movie is real and edible and it's all vegan. So I don't okay. know what that was, but it was, it was some sort of probably soy something noodles or i don't know but like yeah it looks it looks gross it looks real and he's really eating it so they did a really good job with that well i hope he had a good meal out of the whole thing because <laughs> yeah he really went to town and obviously this is one of the i would say strike number two as far as lily is concerned the first one being that he's a player and yeah. she didn't seem too enthused about that and then he's just kind of digging in and just eating like a well monster yeah so. it's very sloppy mm-hmm. uh and then Right after that, that's when he's he asks, or they talk about that his only interest Obviously. on the dating profile was that he likes the Black Plague. And pestilence. Uh, yeah, and she's like, isn't that the same thing? And he's like, yes, and I love them both, <laughs> both equally. equally. <laughs> love uh, it. Yeah, and so to further emphasize how much he loves the Black Plague, he's also obsessed with his pet rats. And he, well, like, aforementioned one being Eric. <laughs> right. And he, he pulls out, you know, this being sort of, timeless but kind of in the 60s obviously he doesn't have a phone so he pulls out like a big stack of like polaroid photos and just starts 
and he goes through and shows like he's you know this one he's a little chubby and like this one likes to sleep on my pillow and he's just <laughs> going through this whole big list and Lily is absolutely bored. Right. Yeah. This is uh, definitely strike number three. If uh, <laughs> I, I think he gets up to four or five strikes. <laughs> right. Before this is all said and done. Yeah, but she, yeah, she's she's definitely bored. And then we cut to we see like kind of like a Romani camp, and there's a werewolf who's sort of like stumbling in in a weird way, like he's not moving naturally. I think um, we even said the zombie walk, effectively. Yeah, and then we'll quickly realize that the reason is that he has been sort of hypnotically compelled to come here by Zoya, the like Zoya leader Krupp. of this. Yeah, she's like the sort of boss of this this camp, and it turns she's out she's a mob boss, basically. Pretty much, yeah. As we'll go, as we'll go in, we'll find out she owns a bunch of clubs and everything. So yeah, I mean, it pretty much is like she's the the godfather, godmother. <laughs> yeah, um, but not the and, fairy god. And so we f- well, we'll end up finding out that this werewolf is Lester, the son of uh, the Count and brother to Lily. But he's been compelled to come here because he owes them money. Right. Zoya and Bella. And, um, you know, he's like, I promise I'll, I'll get you the money. It's, it's just going to take me a little bit longer. Uh, but also, why do you have a picture of my dad on the wall? Right. The Count's face and a heart. So it's like, oh, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, don't worry about that. That's from a long time ago. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. It'll be a plot point. So then we cut to the castle. And Dr. Where... Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, or um, yeah, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde meets Abbott and Costello. Yeah, and and uh, the count is loving it. He's you know laughing hysterically, and then the phone rings, and it's one of those deals where he's like, hey, Igor, get the phone, and it keeps ringing. And he's like, uh, Fine, I guess. I mean, I'm not, it's not like I'm the count or anything, but I guess I'll answer my own phone. Mm-hmm. And he does, and it's Lester. He's trying to like, he's like, I, I, you know, I'm here with with this lady. You know, we got a deal. If you sell the the castle to her, we'll be set for life. It'll be this whole bait and thing. And, and you know, the count's not hearing it. He's like, okay, son, you got about two seconds. To- <laughs> yeah, he's not interested. He basically just hangs up on him. Mm-hmm. Then Lester's like, I guess you heard that, and you know, Zoya's like, yeah, but you still owe us money. So sounds like it's big trouble out. for little little wolf wolf. I love that she calls him that, by the way. Yeah. It's like, mm, I wonder what's going to happen to him if they make a sequel. Mm. All right. <laughs> and so then we, we cut back to the date and we get this like an, another bit that would like, you know, if we hadn't already established these characters as being kind of silly, this would be a really ominous scene because we've got like Orlock, this creepy looking vampire. And he keeps leading Lily further and further down dark alleys. And you're seeing all these kind of like shady businesses. It's like fortune tellers and massage parlors and stuff. It's all this kind of neon and everything. Well, that's that's at least until uh, he tells her to close her eyes. And uh, he puts on a little background music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she opens her eyes and he's doing this like terrible, awkward dance to this like techno song called Disco Vampire. Right. Um, disco Vampire. <laughs> yeah, the lyrics are basically just Disco Vampire, sexy sexy. That's right. that's the whole that's the whole song. <laughs> well, not only that though, he, apparently over his house he has a sign that says if this tomb's a rockin' don't come a knockin'. If he's <laughs> telling you his intentions. And Lily's immediately like, "All right, I'm going to go." And he's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> but okay, okay. Can we say that once he finishes his Disco Vampire song, it's like literally, I don't know if it's a glitter cannon or someone literally just grabbed a handful of glitter and threw it. <laughs> yeah, it's like one little handful. Like it's it's not at all spectacular, which is right. what makes it perfect. <laughs> perfect. So good. 
And so then we cut back to the castle again. The movie The Count's Watching gets interrupted by like a breaking news bulletin. And what was the... What's the Donna news? Doomley played Donna by Doomley. Sherry? Yeah, Sherry Moon Zombie. Uh, by the way, there's a lot of actors playing double duty. <laughs> if you couldn't already tell. Yeah, pretty much all the main characters play at least two, if not three roles. And I did see, like, I was kind of like, I was curious about like why they made that choice. And part of it was sort of utilitarian because they filmed this during COVID and it was really hard to get actors to where they were filming, I think, in Budapest. Uh, and it was just difficult getting American actors and they tried to get British actors, which would have been easier, except none of them wanted to go because of the COVID quarantine stuff. So they were just like, I guess we're just going to have to, you know, the show must go on kind of thing and just fill in. And then like he was kind of like, you know, it kind of actually worked like it made it a little bit sillier in a way that, that worked for what we were doing. Yeah, I think most of the main cast does two jobs except for uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips who plays Herman he also plays Zombo and uh, we're going to find out about this guy named Shecky Von Rathbone mm-hmm. yeah which is what the so this news bulletin is that uh, this comedian Shecky Von Rathbone uh, was killed by hecklers well they ate him alive <laughs> <laughs> yeah. literally <laughs> so yeah that's that's what you get for doing bad comedy mm-hmm. she also mentions that he happened to die like the day after his brother the brilliant scientist Shelley von rathbone right and they make a, a definite point that uh Shelley is a genius and Shecky is an idiot. Can you tell where this is going? <laughs> and no no one would possibly ever mix the two of them up because it's very obvious one is super smart and one is super dumb. Mm. But they both are currently laying in state at the Dew Drop In funeral home. Oh. <laughs> so then pretty much immediately from there, we see the neon sign for the Dew Drop In funeral home. And we've got Wolfgang... And Floop who arrive and uh, Wolfgang's like, you go on in and get the brain of Shelley Von Rathbone. The, uh, or, well, get the the brain of the second smartest man of our age. Oh, right. Because, yeah, he's all like, and, you know, he's like, why don't you get the smartest man? And he's like, because I'm still using it, <laughs> having his forehead, you know. Um, so, you know, Floop writes down Shelley on his hand, uh, which is a nice little nod to young Frankenstein, and goes in and, you know, he, like, is looking through, like, looking at toe tags, and he's like, ah, there we go, and so he starts going to work, and then the camera pans over, and we see the toe tag next to the guy he's working on says Shelley Von Rathbone. So it's obviously got Shecky. Yeah. So then we see the doctor's lab for the first time. I think this is where we see all of his, like, keep out signs in front that, like, escalate. You know, it's like... The, first one, oh, yeah. the last one is like we're tired of burying the bodies, bodies. basically <laughs> but like this lab set looks so good, good. Um, they're like roll, you know, rolling in the corpse on you know a slab and everything and at right. first we just kind of get like distance shots and then oh yeah so this kind of goes into this whole like montage thing where it's like yeah. we see that Lily is sad and lonely she's like going to bed she's listening to this album called like Music for the Miserable mm-hmm. uh, which happens to have uh Boris Karloff as the mummy on the cover uh, and you know she's just kind of crying in you know in her little like lace coffin bed sadly brushing her hair mm-hmm. and you know it's kind of this thing where she's like she's mournful because she just can't find the man of her dreams meanwhile we're also watching uh, Wolfgang and Floop making the man of her dreams, her dreams yeah <laughs> so yeah, it's a it's a nice like that that montage really worked for me I yeah it was really good it was it was one of the sweet moments of the movie yeah. 
Well, it turns uh, out, however, that uh, Dr. Wolfgang's going to ruin that because he wants to name the monster something spectacular, something amazing. He wants to name it Uranus. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know, I mean, it's all I'm kind of the new modern Prometheus, so it's, yeah. it, it makes sense. Floop's like, you're going to just make his life really hard <laughs> naming him Uranus. Uranus. Yeah. <laughs> I, you can't take a monster seriously nowadays if it's named Uranus. <laughs> right. And so, you know, of course, the doctor's like, oh, really? So what great name do you have in mind? And he's like, I don't know. What about Herman? <laughs> right. <laughs> of course, the doctor's like, what the fuck? Why Herman? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I don't know. I had, a, I had a pet spider named Herman. He was pretty cool. So I think it's a good name. Yeah. What about his last name? <laughs> and he's like, uh, how about Munster? And he's like, wait, wait, you can't name him Monster. <laughs> You're going to name the greatest scientific achievement of mankind Herman Monster? Right. And he's like, no, Munster, like the cheese. <laughs> you know what? I'm okay with that name, that, that scheme. I yeah. Think. Yeah, this sort of like, you know, retroactive explanation for the name is much better than the one from the, the Han Solo movie. I'll say that. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> Jeez. And so then we just kind of roll right into the revival scene and it looks great. There's like all kinds of lightning. There's no spinning science wheel, but there is still a lot of cool stuff going on. You get like a, a big wall behind them. That's just all computers that um, I think we mentioned looks kind of like the one in uh, Santo and Blue Demon meet Dr. Frankenstein. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure. That sounds Um, right to me. But then like, you know, there's just all kinds of test tubes. There's fog you know a lot of electrical looking things the, above them there's this giant sort of like green eye that's sort of like the focus that all the lightning's passing through so it's just really big and and you know epic mm-hmm. uh in, in in the way that you want this kind of scene to be well not only that it's epic in the way that uh dr wolfgang like kicks it off let's make history floop <laughs> Yeah, and like, you know, as we said, you know, I mean, he's chewing the scenery everywhere, but yeah. particularly this scene, I mean, he's dialing it up even more. Like, Well, hey, at it, least he's sharing a little bit of it with Jorge Garcia this time. <laughs> yeah. They, they both get to chew a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's they're, they're just, you know, yelling over the, the crackle of all the lightning and stuff. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's very big. Mm-hmm. But then once it all stops, the creature's just still laying there and, and the doctor kind of puts his stethoscope on his chest and he doesn't hear anything. And he immediately just starts like weeping and he like goes and puts his head down at a desk and is like, I'm such a failure. He's all upset. Right. Um, I, by the way, once again, playing a card like he he hams up the, the tears. It's, mm-hmm. it's so good. Yeah. Uh, but then we hear Floop yell, it's alive. And it's like, oh, OK, but maybe maybe everything's OK. Turns out, no, uh, that's just his pet cockroach. He thought Ernie that he thought was dead. Uh, which obviously makes the doctor mad and he like smashes the cockroach but he's still okay he's a very hardy little cockroach which you know i mean that's kind of the thing with cockroaches right they're they're pretty hard to kill so then the doctor kind of goes into he starts monologuing about like how this is a failure and this was going to be the greatest achievement mankind ever saw and then you hear like a yawn and he's like oh am i I boring you floop and then we see floop and he's like Points nope. over next to him. He's like, it wasn't me. And sure enough, there, Herman Munster, the, the the monster, has risen up and is all wrapped in bandages. More like you see like the bride wrapped in in, in that movie. Um, now, not only that, I do love the fact that they gave him 
instead of the standard black platform shoes, these are solid white platform shoes to blend in with his bandages. Right. It's so good. And he's, you know, his face is even covered. He's kind of stumbling and like groaning and everything. He's got some Moon Knight vibes, I'll I'll say, if you've seen that show. Right, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Wolfgang is like, don't don't speak. Just save your voice. We're, you right. know, we'll, it's okay. We'll we'll uh, we'll get there soon. Yeah, um, we, we're going to show you to the world, <laughs> right? So you know, this is bad science. Like you <laughs> you need to be test driving your creation before you show it to the public. Um, yeah. But well, uh, he so learned his lesson, right? So we we cut to like there's like a morning show going on. Uh, yeah, Good the, Morning Transylvania with Ezra Mosher. Uh, mm-hmm. AKA the guy who plays the count. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, Daniel Roebuck. Yeah. So the, the count and Lily are watching the count still like Lily, you should give Orlock another chance. He's, you know, kind of pressuring Lily to kind of go on another date. And she's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not into it. And so then we, you know, like we're seeing the, the morning show on in the background, but the camera goes to focus in on what's going on in the morning show. And, you know, it's Wolfgang and he's once, you know, he's there to show off his new creation. Well, not only that, he's apparently to say a bunch of, uh, there to say a bunch of expletives to the scientific community. Especially about uh, uh, performing coprophilia and uh, looking at his, uh, I believe, rosy little beep. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They use like a cuckoo clock sound, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretty great. And this this whole bit because it's on an old TV. This part's in black and white, so we do get some some black and white here, Mm -hmm. uh, which includes the first reveal of the unbandaged Herman. You know, we get to see him in black and white. We also see that Lily is instantly just head over heels in love at first sight of Herman. Like. Uh, we get these like sort of hearts projected behind her. That's kind of cartoonish. Well, it's swirling around as well, like on like it's on a wheel or something that's being spun. Yeah, yeah, it's it's real cheesy, but it's really cute. Mm-hmm. So Wolfgang's like, all right, you know, say say some great words, do some. I think he says like physics or something, like enlighten us with philosophy or something like that. Well, uh, well, his first one is uh, we're going to perform uh, on the piano. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so like the creature's kind of groaning and stuff, or, or, or Herman, as, then like sits down at the piano and like at first like cracks his knuckles and kind of puts his hands delicately on the, the keyboard like we're going to actually get something. Mm-hmm. And then he just starts pounding right. it in that way that Herman pounds on things mm-hmm. and just obviously decimates the piano. And then he's like, oh, okay, sp- speak, tell us something. And he like gets out a little like spritzer bottle and like, you know, sprays his throat like he's like got to loosen up his vocal cords. And, yeah, uh, and, and then he starts performing stand up. Yeah, and then Grandpa's like, "Ah, oh, I would hate to have a stupid blockheaded son like that in my family." <laughs> and yeah, and Lily is just like really, really into Herman right away. Mm-hmm. I would say the the one thing that took me the most to like really get into is like this portrayal of Herman. Like the voice is very different, and the mannerisms are kind of different. And the attitude. Uh, the, yeah, he I mean, he he's definitely which I think kind of works the the attitude because he's very full of himself and it feels like because Herman does have like a really like good self esteem in the show that's kind of like an ongoing thing he thinks he's very attractive and all that but like I think that this is like Lily tones him down over time you know so it makes sense that now he's he's not a jerk but he's like on the line of like being a little bit too full of himself right. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Because he's like, hey, I'm a 10, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody else is like sevens at best. Yeah, but the one thing that is 100% dead on from the original is the laugh. laugh. Like, 
when he laughs, it just sounds like Fred Gwynn laughing. Like he he just nails it. But also Igor's in, into this as well. He he digs Herman. Yeah, yeah. So um, you can tell that he's like in support of Lily, like finding happiness here, and you know the count is not. Not well, the having count, it. The Count's so angry that he's like, hey, Igor, I want you to turn this off. Did you notice, the first time I watched this, when we watched it together, I didn't notice this, but he literally loads his hand like it was a, a pistol. Like it was literally a handgun. <laughs> oh, like he was going to do magic shoot, on him. At, yeah. Like he was going to shoot the TV with his fingers. You know? <laughs> That's pretty good. Because he... Later on, he does kind of do that uh, at the right. very end of the movie. Um, right, but Lily's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to need you to calm down there, buddy. Yeah, is that when she, like, she, does she get the red eyes at this part? And she's like, don't touch the dial. Right, don't touch that dial. <laughs> oh, no. And then she zaps him, and he's like, oh, I'm going to put it away now. Yeah. Then we're in, the, like, the dressing room after the talk show, and, you know, Wolfgang is all upset. He's ashamed. This is such a failure. He's been humiliated in front of, you know, all the viewing public and everything. Right. By his dancing baboon. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm going to go away and live with the lepers. Right. I must away to live with the beasts and lepers of darkest Zanzibar. I don't know what that's about, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, um, so he leaves, and so, you know, you got Herman, still still not named, but he's talking to Floop, and he's like, Floop, could, remind me, uh, one thing, I'm, I'm having trouble remembering what my name is. By the uh, way, we we've did we mention that he has bunny ears, uh, a balloon <laughs> animal wrapped around his head, and Groucho Marx's glasses? Because he <laughs> right. does. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, he's definitely having a good time backstage. I'm digging through <laughs> odd props and stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah, Floop's like, okay, picture picture this in lights. The greatest performer uh, in the history. Uh, like, he kind of does. Yeah, like, the history of show business, business, b- business, business. Yeah. <laughs> Herman Munster, which then cuts right to Herman Munster in lights, uh, you know, on a marquee. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty great little jump cut. Right, and then we get to hear uh, some of Herman Munster's tunes interspersed with some of his jokes. Yeah, he's doing this really interesting thing where it's kind of like this sort of like sloppy garage rock music, uh, and it'll just be like a guitar riff for a bit, and then it'll kind of get quiet, and he'll tell a joke, and he's like, oh, yeah, and then the, the rock you know, guitar kicks back in. Um, I, the thing, I, I think I mentioned this in the commentary, it really reminds me of that song, United States of Whatever. Right. Um, where you know, because it's like he talks, and then there's like the guitar riff thing, and but it kind of works. Like it's kind of a good, like it's it's a pretty good song. Yeah, like that's uh, one thing about you know Rob Zombie and his movies, the the soundtracks are always banging, right? Oh yeah, yeah, and I think pretty much all the music in this, like he co-wrote with the Zeus, um, the Zeus who did like all the score stuff. So right. uh, they must be friends or something. I'm not sure, but yeah, they they definitely all the kind of weird techno songs which there are like three or four i think they did those all together as well mm-hmm. and those those are mostly like one line things so i feel like <laughs> i feel like you could probably mix them all together into a pretty good song yeah so i like i kind of we were talking i was like man if they make a soundtrack to this i'm gonna buy it and apparently they are and it looks like it's beautiful it's all like really nice deluxe edition so i did pre-order it i'm not so i'll see how they put that together in terms of all those songs but, but it doesn't say yowza baby <laughs> no it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> oh by the way he's in a leather daddy outfit with a <laughs> with a skeleton t-shirt right it's it's the it's the outfit that we usually see him when he's like racing the dragula uh, but since you know 
this predates the Dragula. Obviously, that doesn't work. So yeah, got the leather cap, got a leather jacket with all kinds of like studs. He's wearing yeah that skeleton tee, and then Lily is watching this whole performance from like the back of the club, and she is like she's digging like. Yeah, she's into it. Like, she's, like, you know, kind of, like, biting her lip. And so, like, it feels like the little, like, go to horny jail meme right. needs to come out and, like, bonk her. Because she is, like, yeah, she's down. Yeah. Um, DTF, and... as it were. Down to fang. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and so then we cut to Zoya. And she's, like, backstage at this club. And Lester's being dragged in. So it turns out, you know, as we mentioned, she owns owns rock clubs. So she well, he is, even mentions that. I didn't know you owned the damn club or the, owned the club too. Yeah, he said because she he says I didn't know you owned this joint. And she's like Zoya owns many, many joints. joints. <laughs> um, but there again, they're like basically if you don't give us the money, you've got like two weeks. You're you're dead. Uh, and he's like, no, 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 that's not a good deal. And then they like knock him on the ground and like holding a hatchet over his head. And he's like, all right, all right, I, I will get the money. I promise. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Then we get a really cool like cut or a sweep where it's actually an axe coming down. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty cool. We also get the songs Microbat, Megabat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so then we're, we're seeing like that swipe comes and cuts to the dressing room where Herman is after the show. And he's like, I'm not sure if this, it, you know, I don't know if my act is working. Like, I don't know if people are understanding my art and, you know, Floop is just like, but you're getting f- more famous. Like, that's all that matters. Don't we, we're not right. worried about art. Like, you know, the honey babies are showing up and he's like, but I don't want I honey babies. babies. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm looking for, you know, he, so Herman's looking for the love of his life as well. So, and, and, and there's a great bit where like Floop's like, just don't, don't rush it. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And he's like, yeah, but I was. I was. Exactly. <laughs> I believe Floop asks uh, Herman to take a break. And then Herman's like, I'll show you a break. And he breaks the guitar. And then he just uh, yells at the mirror and cracks it. Right. Because Herman's oh. got to break some mirrors. Yeah. Yeah. And so then we see uh, Lily. She's trying, you know, she's headed backstage trying to find Herman. Meanwhile, Lester is trying to leave the backstage area to, you know, get away from Zoya. Because he's only got two weeks. Yeah, so he, he's in a rush, but he takes the time to talk to his sister, mainly just because he's short and, you know, he could use 20 bucks if she's got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's, he's like, if you, if you can spot me 20, I can tell you how to find, you know, I'm good friends. We, me and Herman go way back. Right. And so, she, you know, she gives him the money and he's like, actually, uh, he's somewhere back there. Just, you're right. going the right way. Just, uh, maybe it's the last door on the left or the right. It's a dressing room. You'll find it. it yeah. You, you, it's fine. But we also see the the Herman Munster Yowza baby poster for the first time with the big <laughs> yeah. bug doubt eyes. Yeah, it's got all this like neon drawing stuff. Like it looks like a Rob Zombie album cover. Like some of his more recent like mm-hmm. psychedelic looking album covers. Yeah, I mean, and as we mentioned, Lester's going to be her bat wingman. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so Lily goes, she finds the dressing room, knocks on it. Uh, and at first, like, Floop answers, and he's like, just, you can go outside in the alley with the rest of the groupies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Herman, like, throws Floop out of the way, and he's like, oh, hello there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he sees her, and we get the heart swirling again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he instantly falls in love with Lily at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And so she's like, you know, she's like, I'm a big fan. I wondered if you might want to get dinner. And he's like, oh, let me check my schedule. Uh, and he does that whole bit where, like, he's trying to play it cool, so he, like, closes the door on her, but then... You're, you're seeing her, you know, her viewpoint and like he's, you can hear him through the door, like celebrating, yeah. you know, 
and she's like kind of smiling like all right you know this this seems to be going well uh and at first he comes back once and he's like i, I think i could make room what, what day were you thinking and he's looking at this little tiny calendar that right. just says herman and lily with a big heart around it mm-hmm. uh and you know she's like uh, what about tomorrow and he's like tomorrow okay I'll, let me yeah I'll let check, me i'll schedule you in yeah and so he closes the door again and he's like hold please uh, and he starts you can hear him like jumping up and down and like tomorrow 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 uh, and so yeah lily's feeling pretty good and yeah he comes back out and now he's got like a bigger Big calendar, calendar. <laughs> with that with tomorrow circled and you know it's got like yeah i'll move some stuff around we can make that work and then he you know closes the, he's like i'll see you then and like kind of tries still kind of trying to act cool it closes the door but then you again hear him like celebrating through the door yeah she walks off, obviously, knowing she's got him. But mm-hmm. by the way, this is the smoothest Herman Munster has ever been. Yeah, that's that's. It seems more like uh, you know, again, with them sort of like being single and him being a little bit more full of himself than he will be down the road. That like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this is definitely the most confident. And you know, as I think, basically, like as he realizes that like Lily's the real one in charge, and he's right. just like, I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> that works for me, and just kind of like kind of settles into like you know his happy domestic life with with lily uh and this is kind of the story of getting to that in a way yeah uh so i think then we oh so we we see this bit with herman and lily both getting ready for the date separately herman's trying on outfits for flute and lily's trying out on outfits for igor right so herman's dressed up like a pimp from a 1970s like exploitation movie <laughs> right giant hat big feather big eight gold h yeah, big, yeah, giant gold necklace, big fur coat, huge platform shoes. Uh, I think his pants are leopard print. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, it's the most over the top. And Lily um, just looks like a girl that went to the like a rock show at the CBGB or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's wearing a shirt from Herman's band, the Punk Rods. Yeah, um, and she's like deciding between two dresses, and it's like I don't remember. It's like like you know lizard lizard back. skin something or other, and. Yeah, then, uh, what is it? The spider web, a uh, spider mm, web dress. Right, spider yeah. Spider web silk. And so she's kind of trying to figure something out. But Herman's, he's like, I, I want her to, to know that I'm really cool, but like, I don't want to be like too over the top. But so we don't really see him choosing outfits. We just, it looks like he's going to show up in this, this pimp outfit. But then... No, he chooses uh, a better one. Yes, 100%. So it cuts to him like on his way to the date. He stops at a little cart that is selling flowers and blood which works out because he needs flowers for lily and blood to make the count happy so he splurges and gets some well, well negative let's talk that he's he's wearing the uh the wild man outfit from uh son of frankenstein right yeah and which is i mean pretty much what he wears for most of the rest of the movie and it, yeah it's the the big fur vest and you know the platform boots and everything like yeah this this is a really good look for herman oh yeah but yeah as you mentioned he gets lilies for lily and uh, o, o negative for Grant or for the count. Yeah. Then we like get this bit of him like walking towards the castle, and it's like it's that predate like psyching yourself up thing where he's just mm-hmm. like, I got you got this, Herman. Like we're gonna we're cool. We're we're gonna impress everybody. It's this date's gonna go great. He does some dances. Uh, like he's like back it on up, Herman. Back it up. <laughs> and <laughs> right. um, meanwhile, like Grandpa is up on top of the castle watching all of this play out. And he's like, oh, this moron. <laughs> right. And then we get like this great bit where like Grandpa and Herman are having a conversation from, you know, very far away from each other, just yelling. Mm-hmm. But like Grandpa eventually like vampire super speeds down right. to the like, to the door. 
He's like, I'll be right de- right down. Then all of a sudden, zoosh! <laughs> and he's right yeah. at the door. And he's like, all right, come on in. And Herman is still yelling. And he's okay! Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, why are you yelling? He's like, I thought you liked that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, so then he goes in and we get another bit that's sort of, you know, even though we've already, you know, had like the, the spooky Lily entrance undermined, we get another sort of like serious Lily entrance where she kind of comes in all this fog rolling down the steps. She's in this like pose, you know, so she's just looking really good. And you've got like Herman and the count down at the bottom of the stairs, like looking up in awe at the beautiful Lily. Right. And of course, Lily immediately breaks the, the dramaticness with, Oh yeah, by the way, I made curried scorpion casserole for dinner tonight. (laughs) And that, that pisses the count off. Cause he's like, wait a second. I've been asking her to make that forever. And this guy shows up and she just makes it. What's up? Yeah. Then we we just kind of cut to the dinner and, you know, the Count is like kind of complaining the whole time. Herman, this is probably like... This is a burn. Yeah, like Herman, at first he's like really bragging about himself. He's like, you know, he. this is probably like the least likable version of Herman is like this first part of the dinner. And he's like, I'm just, I don't know what to say. I just, these songs, they just come to me. I'm just, I'm just brilliant. Yeah. You know, Lily's like, but not, he's, he's not just a pretty face. He's also a brilliant comedian and grand or the count's like all right well tell me a joke and then yeah we get this really good uh right. diss from herman Ahem. how do you uh keep a uh, grouchy old broken down vampire in suspense <laughs> and he's like i don't know how do you keep a grouchy broken down old vampire in suspense i'll tell you later <laughs> <laughs> damn <laughs> damn yeah so from there it's pretty much like you know, Lily's like, all right, let's 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 go on a walk. So they head out, and they're kind of walking through a graveyard. And Lily's like, that's one of my old gravestones there, and that's like, right. She uh, has multiple of those. <laughs> right. This is where you start to like. I think Lily starts to kind of like break through the shell that that Herman feels like he needs to put out into the world, and he kind of becomes the more likable Herman that that will grow to know and love over the series. Yeah, because at this point, there Herman's basically like, yeah, I just kind of want the count to like me, you know. Yeah, and she's, you know, she's like, it's one of those, like, his bark's worse than his bite, but she's like, you you, you know, he's not gonna, or she, she says, he kind of goes for the jugular, um, yeah. and he's like, metaphorically, but, you know, it couldn't hurt to wear high-collared shirts around him, too, because, you know, he, he's, he's the Count. Mm-hmm. Then we hear, like, we get this little moment with, like, Igor and the Count where they're just like, Igor, we've got to put a stop to this. You know, I can't have my Lily marrying this buffoon. And then we cut back to them, and they're, they're talking about how they want to live just a normal life, old, normal old life together. Yeah, and it's this is sort of, like, set to... It's another, like, loving montage that is set to them singing I Got You, Babe. babe. It's, it starts with them, like, at a karaoke kind of place, and, like, they're dressed up. Like Sharon uh, Sunny Bono. Yeah, and um, and Herman you know. sounds like Sonny Bono as well. <laughs> yeah, it's great because like you know uh, Lily has a good singing voice and you know sounds like Cher, but then yeah he's like squawking and terrible and it, yeah it's perfect. Mm-hmm. But the you know we get them at karaoke, but then like it cuts to all these other sort of like montage moments and the song kind of carries through. They're at Devil's Island, which you know we've we've heard in the show that previously mentioned that that's where they honeymooned. Um, so it kind of, you know, makes sense. You know, Herman's in like a Devil's Island swim team, old style full swim body suit. swimsuit. Uh, is this where they meet Uncle Gilbert or is that? Yeah, yeah. Gilbert? This montage goes on a while. Yeah, they, they, they do meet Uncle Gilbert. And, you know, again, this is one of those bits where it's like, it's a really good mask of the creature, <laughs> right. but it is not, 
it, it has no animation to it. It is, it is a mask. It's clearly a suit, yeah. yeah, a mask. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and, and he even shows them his favorite movie that he acted in that one time. <laughs> yeah. He's got three posters on his wall. It's the three different Creature from the Black Lagoon movies, and they're watching, I think they're watching the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they're all kind of eating popcorn together and having a great time. Oh, we, um, we did skip over where they get tattoos of each other. Well, Herman just kind of gets Lily's name on him. <laughs> And he's crying and like sobbing, and Lily gets like a full face portrait of Herman on her back, and she's just like, "Yeah, hey, this is whatever." Yeah, it's it's pretty great. There's kind of just like a lot of little like romance. This this scene, I mean, like it just builds the romance between them. You know, it's very sweet. Yeah. Meanwhile, before we get to like them having their their picnic, we go back to uh, the count. He is. Or no, 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 no. They, they do propose first. I'm trying yeah. to, like, there's there's a lot going on here. But, yeah, so Herman, like, ends up proposing to Lily at their little picnic, and he's very nervous, you know, and it's, like... On the beach of De- Devil's Island. Yeah, and there's, like, a little moat around them with a just shark. a shark fin going the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, yeah, it's just great. Uh, but, yeah, he's like, you know, Lily, will you m- 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 marry me? And, you know, she's obviously... It's oh, an instant yes. Herman, you've made me the happiest ghoul in the world. <laughs> I and the engagement them. rings this like huge spider gaudy like yeah it's it's pretty great and then that's when we see at the castle the count is like working on a husband spell right well, he busts out his book everything you ever wanted to know about magic spells but we're too afraid to ask <laughs> right and he's like turning the pages like magically like not touching the book mm-hmm. uh, and he finally you know he gets to the the husband page and well, it's one of those old school grandpa spells where he just like uses various items from celebrities to kind of create something well also though he has to do this because he doesn't want his lily marrying a a quote-unquote stitch job from the wrong side of the tracks (laughs) right damn yeah um but and it's and all the references here are like you know very dated sort of intentionally so it's like it's like chest hair from tarzan to make him manly uh, dancing shoes from Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly, and uh, John Wayne's cowboy hat to give uh, him a little bit of swagger. Him. Yeah, and the, the cowboy hat still has John Wayne's toupee, toupee. in it. Uh, and then he has like one little drop of some sort of final concoction stuff, and like explodes. You know, there's this big smoke rolling out of this cauldron. Then we get the husband that he created, and it is a monkey in like a, a dancing outfit with a cowboy hat on. Right, wearing like a, the rhinestone cowboy kind of uh, outfit as well. Yeah. <laughs> so it turns out that he accidentally used Cheetah, the monkey from Tarzan, instead of Tarzan. So he messed it up, and he's like, alright, I guess that... Win some, you lose some. He says, time to shuffle off to Buffalo. <laughs> And that's, yeah, that's what the monkey cowboy dancer guy does. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of like dances off stage left and, mm-hmm. and is gone. So then I think we get, Herman goes back to tell uh, yeah, Wolfgang the, and Fluke. He came back from the leprosy co- leper colony. <laughs> and all he got for it was a t-shirt and leprosy. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I wonder if you go to a leper colony if you get leprosy. <laughs> And yeah, the so only reason like... that he got the T-shirt was because they lost his luggage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he had a bad time. Yeah. But yeah, then Herman shows up and he's, you know, there to tell him the news. But he kind of like, he tries to play it coy and not tell him the news at first. And so well, and Floop's then like... Floop's being a bro and he's like, that dirty fang banger. <laughs> yeah, he assumes she said no and like, you know, he's got Herman's back. But he's he's talking some shit about Lily until right. he's like, she said yes. 
And Flip's like, she said yes? And, she's like, and then they start yelling, she said she yes, says. and jumping up and down and shaking the whole house. Yeah, of course Wolfgang's and, like, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, he just pulls this. out the TV con- remote and, like, turns up the volume. He's watching Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> then we get to uh, Lily showing up at home mm-hmm. and, you know, to show off her ring. And the Count is, like, not in, not excited about that. He gets a rear projection thing, but instead of the swirling hearts, it's just like this sort of hypnotic effect as he like passes out passes and out. falls over. It's so good. So at this point, we're actually at the uh, halfway mark. It's it's the wedding day. We get a yeah. like nice old timey hearse in the back of uh, well a coffin in the back of an, like an old timey hearse. And apparently, these are these hearses like this. Um, it's a really strange, it almost looks like a golf cart. Like it's a really small front end and then just got this huge back end with a coffin in it. These are still used today in Hungary. Like apparently there there was one at a cemetery that Rob Zombie wanted to rent and they, they were like, we use it every day. You can't have it. So they, they had to build one to make, to look just like the one because they just fell in love with it. Right. Um, That's amazing though that they're like, listen, man, we use the shit out of this thing. We can't just <laughs> yeah. let you have it. I hope Rob Zombie was like, you can keep this, have a spare or something when they finished. Right. <laughs> um, of course, but, we got some play, play doctor do, uh, looking dudes there for some reason. Yeah. And like at first, cause we, you know, we see the count fall and then we see this and there's a coffin and everything. And, you know, they're kind of letting you think that maybe the count has died. But mm, pretty quickly, we, we yeah, we it's revealed that, you know, it, this is the way that Lily is making her grand entrance to the wedding. So they like stand up the coffin and open it up. And she comes, like, you know, ethereally floating out of the coffin. Well, also, uh, at this time, Lester introduces himself to Herman. Right. And uh, he's like, we're practically blood. You know, I'm, I'm Lily's brother. So I've got a, I got a great business deal for you. And Herman's like, oh, I'm going to let Lily handle the finances. I don't really have a head for numbers. Right. And he's, he tries to buff him up with bravado. And he's like, no, you're the man of the house, right? And then yeah, Herman, and of course, falls for it. Right. Because, the, the, you know, Herman's still kind of on the fence here. We're like, you know... If, if you feed into Herman's ego, he's definitely going to, you know, be easily swayed. But you know what? Good on him for knowing his weaknesses and being like <laughs> letting letting Lily shore him up. Right. Um, but, yep, so he's fooled here and, like, you know, Lester gets him to sign this paperwork to sign over the castle, which he doesn't know that's what it's for, but, mm-hmm. but we do. He just um, thinks he's going into business with Lester, whatever that right. business is. Yeah, so then we get to the actual wedding. Herman and Lily do their vowel exchange. Well, we she also comes out, she comes out looking like uh, what Queen of the Damned. Yeah, she's head. got this really elaborate headpiece mm-hmm. um, that almost kind of mimics the Count's head. Like the Count mm-hmm. has like these kind of swirly kind of wings of of his hair, and her right. her headdress kind of like echoes that in a way. The uh, wedding's being officiated by the Tin Can Man, which is just absolutely the robot that Eddie makes in the the Tin Can episode. Maybe he Um, reincarnates him. Who knows? (laughs) Well, and and fittingly, he's voiced by Butch Patrick, the uh, actor who played Eddie. We we have seen him once or twice in background shots, but this is the the first scene where we really get a lot of dialogue from, from this robot. Right. Lily and Herman do their vows, and you know Herman's are kind of goofy, and Lily's are very sweet. Uh, well, you know, as uh, you would expect. Let's, let's not skip over the fact that every time she mentions something with Herman, we hear a, a a tightening noise. We don't know what that is. It could be the bolts on the side of his neck are tightening, but it could be other things tightening too. <laughs> right. You know. Uh, yeah, and, and Herman's are like, I want to boogie oogie oogie with you until <laughs> I can't boogie long. no more. <laughs> yeah, like. He's just goofy, but uh, it's it's sweet. Like they're they're playing up to to their uh, strengths, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the uh, 
the robot starts to pronounce them man and wife, but like glitches out and Herman like punches him and he like finishes, but catches well, on fire. Well, uh, the, the tin can man actually asks, are there any, you know, objections to this marriage? And grandpa starts and Lily just turns around and zaps him with her eyes. <laughs> oh he's yeah. Like, and he's okay. like, nope. yeah, congratulations. Happy for you. Good luck with everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then like, we have Herman and Lily, you know, walking out post-wedding kind of thing. It would be like the rice-throwing kind of scene, except they're just kind of leaving out the back of the church. Meanwhile, um, Dr. Wolfgang is drunk right. uh, and talking to the Count and is like, he's, he's your, problem your bloody problem now, no, mate. mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the way, I feel like if I ever met like Richard Brink in real life, he would smell of whiskey. Oh, for like sure. All, all of his characters, I imagine, they're all whiskey-drenched individuals. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, I think this is our last scene with him. Yeah, sadly um, enough. Yeah, he, he's, he was such a nice addition to this. But, you know, it's, as he said, Herman's his... As, Bloody you know, the Yeah, so he's moving on. And um, then we see Herman and Lily. They're driving away in kind of an old-timey car. It says, like, we got hitched on the back, and they happen upon Lester, who's just, like, also drunk, wandering uh, down this, like, path in the middle of the woods. And he kind of, like, lets it slip that him and Herman are going into business together. Yeah. How you find it? Yeah, and Lily's like, you did not give my, you know, my idiot brother money, did you? And Herman's no, like, no, uh, no, we're just, you know, we're, we got to play, we're, it's business, you know? And she's like, I... I hope that I did not marry a blockhead. Right. And, you know, she did. She did marry a blockhead. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dumb enough to go into business with her brother. Yep. That, right. that sums up Herman all right. So then we see Lester meeting Zoya and giving the deed over. And they give him, like, this really small payout. And he's like, uh, isn't this worth more than that? And she's like, you owed us money. Then we took our cut. This is all that's left. Right. Uh, so- and he's like. As a mob boss, they're screwing him. Oh, absolutely. Zoya's like heavy that stands behind her. He's like, "You next time you learn not to mess with Zoya. And he's like, I'm not, you're never seeing me again. I'm taking this money to Vegas. I'm going to quadruple it. Right. Uh, I'm taking yeah. the money to Vegas and quadruple it. <laughs> what a plan. And so it's like, yeah, of course, Lester's going to blow all this money and be back to square one. Because that just seems like what Lester would do. And of course, they're like stupid wolf. Yeah. And then we get like the honeymoon montage, which is Herman and Lily in Paris. Herman's in the stereotypical like striped shirt with red bandana and beret. Yeah, yeah. The beret says Herman on it. Like it's just like he just is a giant child. <laughs> uh, and yeah. they, like there's some bits where like they're talking to each other and Lily says like some actual French and Herman says French fries. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so they go to a cafe mm-hmm. and like end up scaring everyone at the cafe and we get some like sped up scenes where everyone runs away. Um, there's a mime who like collapses. There's a like guy he, who like he tears his own heart out technically. <laughs> I mean, he yes. mimes it out, of course, but you know. <laughs> right. Uh, there's like a, a waiter who like sprays a bottle of champagne all over some people mm-hmm. a lady faints into a bowl of spaghetti and then there's there is a guy who's reading a newspaper uh who's played again by daniel roebuck and he drops the newspaper and runs away and lily picks up the newspaper and sees the headline that a monster is haunting the sewers of paris yeah we have the actual like face shot of the monster it looks like a dragon huh interesting yeah, yeah that's well, weird <laughs> So they're like, that sounds like something we would enjoy. Let's go down there. So right, they, let's just you know, go, go hunting th- for monsters. Yeah. So they're down kind of wandering through the sewers of Paris. Uh, they get to a point where there's like a 
a steel gate that they can't get through, so Herman has to, you know, knock it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they get to, like, this sort of reservoir of water, and Herman goes diving in. Right, and we, re- we hear the rah, 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 monster noises. Yeah, and they, they do really, like, Herman's off camera, and you just see Lily kind of, like, looking a little scared for Herman's safety, but mostly, like, into the fact that Herman can wrestle a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, she's kind of, like, biting her knuckles and stuff. Like, it's almost like that... Um, is it from Wolf of Wall Street, that, that meme of, like, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio biting oh, his, yeah, his knuckles? Yeah. It, it, it feels kind of like that. Right. Um, and, well, you know, not only can he wrestle this monster, like, he, he can, apparently, like, makes it submit because now it's just like a little floppy rubber thing in his <laughs> yeah. arms. Yeah, it's clearly just, like, a completely inanimate rubber dragon that he's kind of, like, using you know he's kind of wiggling it with his own arm you know to kind of try to make it look alive it's like those little like toy weasel things that people used to get when you were kids and you kind of like flip it around your fingers and make it look like it's alive right. then we cut back to uh oh, grandpa reading a play ghoul <laughs> right play ghoul magazine and he's like looking at this the uh, centerfold uh and apparently to add just one more multi-casting thing the uh, the pinup girl on the cover of Play Ghoul is Sherry Moon Zombie. Makes sense. Uh, apparently, it's like an old photo that was from like a, a Rob Zombie album cover that they didn't use. So he was like, "Well, I had her this pinup picture of her laying around anyway. It was work." So yeah, fair um, enough. Yeah. So you know he's he's slipping through that, and then um, Igor shows up with a letter from Zoya. Yeah, Zoya Krupp again. Hmm. Yeah, and and Grandpa's like, I don't. That name kind of sounds familiar, but I don't remember. Yeah, you and... were married to her, turns out. <laughs> right. So, yeah, he opens it up, and it is, you know, proof that Herman signed over the whole castle and that they're being evicted. Yep, she even calls him a peasant now. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, Grandpa's not happy about that. And then we cut back to Herman and Lily at, like, the their hotel for the night. Yeah, they're getting ready to, you know... Honeymoon stuff. Yeah, right. Um, so Lily's in the the bathroom. The dragon is in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. They're talking through the door. They're like, what about Spot? That seems like a good name. And they're like, yeah, he looks like a Spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure does. <laughs> and so, like, Lily, she's put, you know, she's putting on lingerie, but it's, like, very PG lingerie, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. And uh, then they get a knock at the door. Herman goes to answer it, and he's, he's like, it's probably that champagne I ordered from room service. Right. And of uh, course, we know it's now Grandpa, or the Count, and he's going to use that champagne to brain Herman. Right. And like, he, Herman's not paying attention, so he opens the door, sees a bottle of champagne being held up, takes it, closes the door. Right. Uh, Snatches it right out of uh, the Count's hands. And then you get this moment where Herman's like, wait. And you think, like, oh, he just realized that it's, you know, his father in law outside. But so he opens the door and then like hand puts a, a coin in his hand and is like merci and closes <laughs> right. the door again. Her, Herman's not a bad customer. He definitely tips all of his servers. Yeah. Well, it turns out that's not the one you want to tip because Grandpa <laughs> right. comes in and he's like, yeah. And Herman's like, I fucked up. <laughs> right. And so then Lily comes out like she's like, I'm ready, Hermie baby or whatever and. Then, you know, for a second, the Count's like, oh, oh, no, it's my daughter. But then, you know, it's like she's just wearing like a full nightgown. So it's mm-hmm. not like that weird. He's like, your idiot husband here, you know, we're we're basically homeless at this point. He gave away the castle. Immediately, Lily and the Count are like, okay, we got to figure out what to do. I, I know this guy. He's named uh, Shady Magoon. <laughs> <laughs> and Herman's like, I got to, yeah. 
Herman's like, I got a plan. I'm just going to go sit over here and hold my breath until they give us the castle right. back. Because right. he's a giant child. Mm-hmm. Clearly, like, Lily and Grandpa, or the Count, are like, they, you know, their plan is, is going to be the what's going to work. So then we cut away to them. They're back at the castle. They, you know, they've still got the castle for a little bit. Right. Um, now we got we get the introduction of Zombo played by yeah. Herman's actor. Yeah, yeah. So uh, another his third role. Zombo is kind of like Bozo the Clown, but as a zombie, uh, yeah. you know, the, zombie was, witch. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, so it, like you know, originally it was like Eddie's show that he watched in the the original series, but here he's like you know hawking some like cereal. It's like crumbly creature crackers, and you know he mentions that this is filmed in Hollywood, California. Well, this is about the same time they found out that Shady Magoon can't help them. He's yeah, like, like you're screwed. Yeah, Herman's watching cartoons while Lily's talking to a lawyer, which again is perfect portrayal of both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Lily's like she's like inter- he's talking like I think he's speaking Hungarian maybe. Right, um, but he's doing it from prison. You just hear her being like, "Okay, uh, shark. Okay, lightning." Uh, and like she's just saying little you know words here and there, so we don't really know what's going on. And then she hangs up, and he's like, "So he basically said we have." as much chance of winning as we would of getting struck by lightning while bitten by a shark on leap year or something, you know, it's just like completely impossible. There's no way we're going to win. And Herman's like, well, I got a plan. Uh, we should just, you know, we've had our time here in Transylvania. Let's move to Hollywood. Right. Uh, I think we can, you know, become famous there. You know, if this Look guy, Zombo. he's, he's clearly a seven. I'm a 10. Come on. <laughs> we'll do Which great. is great. You know, cause it's the, the same actor. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, and so he's like, you know, that that that's where we're doing. And Lily's like, okay, I guess we could try it. And instantly the count goes from like, you know, being annoyed with Herman and like you're, you know, an imbecile to being like, you wouldn't leave your your dear old father-in-law out in the street, would you? I, I do like what Herman says. He's like, fine, you could come, but you get one box and you leave that freeloader Igor here. <laughs> and then he goes, no offense, Igor. And I love Sylvester McCoy because he's like, no offense, taken. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and so then Grandpa's like, "That's fine. I can I can handle that." Mm-hmm. Um, so then we see Grandpa kind of packing up, and he's got a potion that he's putting together that he's going to give to Eeyore. And Eeyore's like, "Are you sure about this? I don't know, because like I could just stay. It's fine." Yeah, uh, I, I mean, know- Lord Grimsby is canvassing for a new pool boy. <laughs> uh, and the Count's like, "You know, Lord Grimsby doesn't even have a pool." And Eeyore's like, "Huh? That doesn't make much sense." Um, okay, that's fine. I'll go with you to Hollywood. And he so he gives him the the potion, and he's like, bottoms up, bottoms up, Igor. And Igor's like, that's that's what Lord Grimsby said. If, if you didn't get the gay joke, that's the gay joke. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. As far as gay jokes go, it's I don't think it's like yeah. at the expense of the gay community. No. I think it's just kind of a, a silly little gag. So sure, that works. Um, and you know, Igor drinks the the potion and immediately turns into a flappy bat. Well, well, right before he does it, he's like, "Oh, this isn't working at all." And then, poof, flappy bat. <laughs> right, a flappy bat that specifically has Igor's sideburns. sideburns. He has like really big, bushy sideburns. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's so good. Meanwhile, Lily is talking to a realtor on, on the phone to kind of yeah. prepare things for when they get over there. Yeah, Barbara Carr, but her voice is really familiar. <laughs> Yeah, she, if you're not a super horror nerd, you may not recognize Cassandra Peterson because she does not look like what you're used to seeing her as no, Elvira. No, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> she is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Yeah, um, but here she just looks like, you know, she's got like curly red hair and like a business suit, you know, like a pink checkered sort of like 
business dress kind of thing. Yeah, she looks um, like your realtor grandma. Yeah. She's like, I've got one house in this neighborhood. I think it's perfect. Everything else is it's selling like hotcakes, but you've got this one last one. And, and Lily's like, well, why hasn't that one sold? And she's like, well, it's fine. There's there's one thing we got to straighten up to make things perfect in the neighborhood. But this house, you'll love it. It's great. Yeah. So she's like, oh, but also when we when we meet, don't get too shocked because I'm headed straight from, from the office to a Halloween party. So I, I'm, you know, I'm going to be dressed up for Halloween. And, and Lily's like, what? I, I don't know what you're talking about, but sure, that's fine. And, you know, she's like, she's t- telling the family, like, I guess she's worried about her looks. And, you know, they're like, oh, women, you know, that's just yeah. how they are. And then, of course, we find out that they're now going on flight 666. Because of course they are. And we get the the whole family there in the front row in first class. And first class is just totally empty. Uh, and so apparently the flight attendant moved them to first class and then moved everyone else yes. into the back of the plane because no one wanted to be near these, you know, scary monsters. Well, not only that, but we get another uh, voice, familiar voice over the intercom. I believe that's Pat Priest. Yeah. So she was the the second Marilyn, the, the main Marilyn. Marilyn. I think <laughs> you, you, we had... We have one Marilyn for, like, the first ten episodes, and then the remaining, like, 60-something are Pat Priest. And Herman's getting hammered. <laughs> right. He's, like, falling, you know, he's, like, all slouched down in his seat, and he's like, ah, oh, this drink, these drinks are so good. Uh, and he's like, oh, can I get another one of these drinky-poos? What do you, what do you call them? <laughs> and she's like, it's a Shirley, Shirley Temple. Temple. He's getting smashed off Shirley Temple's. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and so the, when the flight attendant comes back with it, she hands it to him, and she's wearing... Uh, a helmet and a large backpack (laughs) and herman's like flying's the safest mode of transport you don't need a helmet and she's Uh like okay sure and then uh she like heads off camera and then instantly the cabin depressurizes and (laughs) she has jumped out oh we forgot to mention grandpa is also wearing igor as a hat (laughs) right it's like he's wearing like a top hat and igor is kind of like strapped to the front as like yeah a decorative thing which is yeah a really nice touch Mm -hmm. but even though somehow the cabin was depressurized then we just cut to the plane landing safely or it has landed safely uh at lax i guess or whatever it would have been at the time right um and we get more pat priest as the announcer you know like the whole thing where it's like the temperature is now whatever we, we hope you enjoyed your flight and all that yeah um, 76 and all that yeah, and so then we just get to the Munsters arriving at the realtor's office, and she is now dressed as a witch. Her face is painted green. She's got the prosthetic nose and chin and the pointy hat and everything. It's a, you know, the, the Wizard of Oz witch, basically. Right. But then when she opens the door and sees the Munsters, they're obviously even scarier than her, and she faints. Right. She does the, the quick, her eyes cross, and then she stumbles back a little bit and falls down. Mm-hmm. which is always a nice touch yeah but then she wakes up and she's like i'm sorry you, I, I wasn't expecting you all to be in costume too you just caught me by surprise and they're like costume right and it's she's like oh you spirit of the day you know yeah so they're you know it's we're already now that we're in california we're getting into like the meat of like the munster style humor of like the fish out of water and the miscommunications between like the munsters and the regular people right so she's like all right i'll, I'll take you to see the house and then we get this great sort of like animated montage it's it's a where, nice cartoon cartoon music video let's be honest yeah so like we, we've got like the live action monsters in a real car mm-hmm. but it's kind of like green screened and it's like flying around this animated backdrop of like landmarks around you know california and hollywood and you know we get the hollywood yeah. sign and some stuff like that and i think they even run into uh, ufos at some point yeah. <laughs> right yeah 
Um, and so then when the montage ends, we're at Mockingbird Heights and it's this like quaint, like leave it to beaver sort of neighborhood. You know, everything's just pristine and perfect, but it's also decorated for Halloween. So we get cookie cutter houses, but spooky stuff everywhere. There's cobwebs and skulls on things and jack-o'-lanterns everywhere. Well, we even and, get a Crypt Keeper laugh as the, one of the little skulls turn. Yeah, and, and it has to it has be, to be John really Kassir. John Kassir because it's, I mean, it's dead on. It's either actually him or they were able to use a recording of him. But either way, it's, it's that's mm-hmm. got to be him. Yeah. And, you know, obviously the Munsters are like, yeah, this this neighborhood looks like our kind of place. Like, we're, we're really liking how this is going. And the uh, the realtor wants to show them the house. And she's, like, pointing to one direction. Like, look at this. It's beautiful. It's got just... And, and then we cut to the, the Munsters, and they're all looking in the opposite, opposite. direction. Hmm. We see that they are looking at, you know, a rundown Gothic mansion, 1313, obviously, hmm. uh, with, like, weeds all grown up and cobwebs and everything. And, and of course, uh, tombstones. Right, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Uh, and Barbara's like, what are you? No, this this house here, this like pastel house is pretty. Right. You know, then the family's kind of whispering to each other and they're like, she's clearly she thinks we just fell off the turnip truck or whatever. Like she's. Well, the garlic and, truck is what oh, grandma right, says. Right. Of course. the gar- And so, you know, he's like, we can't be bamboozled by her. Herman, you got to stand up. So yeah. he's like, listen here. You know, uh, we're not we're not going to go for that house. We want this one right here. And sold. <laughs> <laughs> you got it and it's this great bit where like herman is not expecting her to back down so quick so he's like no 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 no! don't you interrupt me i you know we we're, we demand this house here and she's like all right so fine take done. it and he's yeah and lily's finally like herman like you you won <laughs> you don't have to keep arguing by the way so at this point did you notice the biplane, I, I know we, I mentioned that there was something on the biplane that I couldn't see. I actually saw it today. It is a ad for Gateman, Goodberry, and Graves. <laughs> okay. The funeral, yeah. the funeral parlor. Yeah, which we'll get some more from them here momentarily. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she's like, uh, yeah, the, the house is yours. You know, if you want to do whatever with it, um, when do you want to move in? And they're like, now. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then that pretty much cuts to um, the family. They're in, in the house now. Right, just sitting um, around. Yeah, they're all kind of squeezed into this. It's like a love seat that's not quite big enough, especially when Herman's in the mix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so, like, what do we do now? Uh, we're broke. We've got this house, but we got nothing. Um, and they're like, I guess we're gonna all get jobs. Especially Herman. Herman, you better get a job because well, you know, he's we, like, I'm the man of the house. I have to get the job. But then they hear some noises outside, and they're like, What? It sounds like a witch, witch burning. <laughs> Uh, so they step outside, and it's a Halloween party, but they don't know that. It just looks like a party as far as they're concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go out, and we get all these great, you know, it's a party montage. You get the family sort of mingling with the neighborhood. Everybody's dancing. Everyone else, obviously, is wearing masks. They're, right, but we also get the song Vampira. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's a good mix of, like, some really kind of old-school, traditional, like, Don Post-style masks, and then some, like really creepy weird homemade looking masks and stuff mm. everybody's having a good time then we get we meet gateman goodberry and graves these three guys and i'm still not sure even watching it a couple times if they're supposed to be just they're actually this creepy all the time or if they're being creepy for the halloween party too because right they're all kind of dressed like pilgrims sort of like all black like little sto- you know stovepipe hats yeah um, it, it does then, leave a question are these guys actually ghoulish or are they just normal guys who had a little bit of fun? Yeah. 
because they're, they're they're singing this song that's kind of monotone about good gateman goodberian graves mm-hmm. uh and they kind of they do make some like kind of ghoulish jokes about it's one of those like people are dying to get into our right. place of business kind of deal I, I can't remember exactly what it is but uh, something about the cold uh, t- touch of death Everyone experiences yeah. the cold touch of death, and only only the count laughs, and they're like, "That was a joke," and then everybody laughs. Right? Yeah, it's it's still unclear if like they're joking, like what the the level of joke there is, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it's fun anyway. And the, but they're the reason they're on stage is that they're there to um, announce the winner of the costume contest, which turns out to be the monsters. Well, uh, it's the monsters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they say the monster family, and like they're so the monsters are all looking around, and they're like, "Wait, everybody's looking at us. Did we win something?" And Herman's like, "It's probably a beauty contest. I mean, you know, it just it happens. You know, everywhere I go, you know." And so they all go up on stage, and they get like a a novelty giant check that's for I think fifteen hundred dollars, yeah. uh, and it has a little cartoon Frankenstein drawing on it. Which is always nice. Yeah. So they're all feeling good. Um, then we get more party montage scenes. Uh, everybody kind of dancing and everything. Uh, and meanwhile, Gateman, Goodberry, and Graves pull Herman to the side and they're like, we'd like to offer you a job. And they like hand him a business card, which is coffin shaped. Herman's like, so I'm mainly I'm a comedian. I, I do like performance. And they're like, no, this is, we work at a, you know, it's a mortuary. You're just going to be like dealing with dead bodies. He's like, mm, I can, I can dig that. Hey! um um so there you know everything's looks like it's coming up for the monsters and you know the family heads back to get ready for bed well yeah uh, as they're as they're going in uh going into the house lily mentions that the neighbors could talk your ears off and that immediately makes herman want to check his to make sure nothing fell off because his glasses (laughs) would look really weird (laughs) right so then we've got like Lily and Herman. They're up in their bedroom. Lily's watching The Mummy. So we got Karloff on screen. Herman is practicing bowling because he's already ready for league night at, the, at his job. Like he's... Yeah, he's prepping. Uh, yeah, and he manages to lose control of the bowling ball. It breaks through the wall, um, revealing a skeleton. skeleton that falls out. <laughs> and the jaw falls off. I mean, obviously, obviously a serial killer lived in this home. Right. <laughs> and so then we cut to like the next morning. Everybody's kind of like getting ready for the day. Uh, Lily gives Herman his like comically large lunchbox that that we've seen in the original show. She's like, I left you a little surprise in there. And he's like, are they cookies shaped like Mickey Mouse? And she's like, you'll see. It's fine. <laughs> the Count's like, knock them dead. And he's like, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're all already dead. dead. Yeah. And he's like, we better check to make sure. <laughs> right. Don't, always double check to make sure. So grandpa grandpa emphasizes on double tap. <laughs> right. So then Herman goes outside and then we get like this it's like a reverse horror sequence cuz like Herman there's all these like the way the camera is panning around like it looks like we're we we're in like the Texas chainsaw house or something mm-hmm. like the camera's telling you scary stuff's happening but what we're actually seeing is like basically leave it to beaver. You've got like yeah. This cute neighborhood, everybody's in like pastel cardigans. There's like some cute little girls with their lemon selling lemonade. Yeah, you got like moms with like little, you know, baby strollers. You got like couples riding bikes together. It's so just, of course, this is terrifying. Yeah, and Herman, like it, ke- it cuts to Herman's face and he's like looking around, like, oh my God, look, like it looks like he's in a haunted house or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes rushing back into the house. He's like, that, he starts yelling like, Lily, hurry, Coffee come quick. Before, where are you? <laughs> right. We've heard that joke like, before, but it never gets old. 
Yeah, like that that gag is like that this is made by people who love the Munsters cuz like yeah, this is Red a Quinn. singular joke from the Munsters that's pointing back to a reference to the fact that, you know, Fred Gwynn and Al Lewis were in this show together. So yeah, it's a definitely a a, a reference that probably most people who watch this movie are not going to get, but it's nice that it's there. Yeah. 100% so Lily and the Count show up and they're like, you, clearly you're overreacting. Every, everything was fine last night. Yeah, this was a and, nice neighborhood. Yeah, so they step outside and they both kind of look horrified. Like They bite uh, their they bite their knuckles like Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah, in a different way this time. It's like, oh no, what, what have we gotten ourselves into? And like, mm-hmm. you know, the Count's like, where are all the hotties? Because <laughs> right? Grandpa. Right. Or Count. Um but so you know lily takes them all inside and she's like it's it's what's inside the counts like it doesn't matter like good for lily yeah like this feels like we're kind of getting set up for like them taking marilyn in and caring for her even though she doesn't seem attractive to them Mm -hmm. and this is the point where we kind of get the grandpa and herman relationship that we're used to where like they're kind of in cahoots and they're kind of idiots and lily has to wrangle them you know well he even calls him his favorite son-in-law now (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and they're sitting together on the couch, and like Lily's kind of standing over them, like you two, you know. Um, we gotta gotta be nice to our neighbors and everything. Yeah, she says what's what's on the inside that counts, and then Herman's like, "Well, then I need X-ray glasses because I can't take looking at this outside." Right. right. <laughs> but then there's a knock at the door, and they're like, "Oh no, more scary neighbors! What are we gonna do?" Lily gets up, and they're just they're like, "You okay, Lily? You take care of it." And her <laughs> eyes get red, and she's like, "You come with me." <laughs> and they're like, "Your your wife is scared, terrifying." Yeah. And Herman's like, I know. (laughs) And that I know is definitely like a, you know, it's like, I know she is, but also like, I know. Like, I'm into that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then Lily opens the door and you see like Grandpa and Herman kind of like peeking around the corner. Like they're a little scared to to see what's there. Well, it turns out it's, yeah, it's a friendly neighborhood uh, werewolf. Yeah. So they're like, Lester, what are you doing here? Guess what? He took all that money to Vegas and instead of losing it all, he made a killing. (laughs) <laughs> somehow he like quadrupled all of his earnings yeah so you know at first like they're like you know we ought to knock you out for for losing this the castle but then they're like okay so he like shows herman this check that we never actually see what it says but herman sees it and he's like i'm rich right. <laughs> not we're rich I'm but rich. you know uh, and so Herman's jumping up and down. Lester, in addition to the check, also just, just has money. like yeah, has a stack of money to like make it rain. So he's like throwing money in the air while they're all kind of dancing and jumping around. Yeah. And then we cut to the credits, the original yeah, like right. a remake of the original black and white credits. Which this movie still feels like it kind of just like runs out of steam at the end a little bit. But yeah. I, I I do feel like. The ending with the credits is the perfect way to end it, because if this is a prequel and we're leading up to what we've seen, then it makes perfect sense that the last thing we would see is the first thing we would see watching an original episode of The Munsters. Yeah, 100%. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, and the black and white looks great, and it's, you know, it's, you know, we don't have Eddie or Marilyn, obviously, but we get Herman breaking through the door, leaving a Herman-shaped hole, and and Lily Lily. kind of popping through. By the way, uh, it must have been cold that day. Do you know how I know that? Not oh, yeah, everybody's breath. Yeah, their breath. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I noticed that. Everybody's, like, breathing fog as they, they come mm-hmm. out. Uh, and, like, Lily's wearing her, like, sort of, like... It looks like the lining of a coffin, I think, maybe what they're going for. But it's the, right. the thing that... The cape that she wears in the original series. Uh, and, you know, Grandpa comes out with a shovel. And, like, first, you know, he's holding it long ways and can't fit through the hole. And then turns it 
you know tall and, and is able to walk through mm-hmm. um and then we get just the monsters logo and that's how we end and then we get like instead of you know we get sort of like the marvel end credits thing where it's like this sort of like neon animated right, musical yeah. number yeah we are the monsters the, the song yeah um and it's kind of like it's sort of a mix between like the monsters theme and like the monster mash basically mm-hmm. it just tells tells us the story of the monsters uh and yeah it's this cartoonish thing where like herman's playing his like rock guitar uh, well, he's playing electric harp no, or just regular harp really yeah and you've got uh, Uncle Gilbert on the drums. What's I can't remember what Grant yeah, is. Grandpa playing the bass. I feel like he has to play the bass. Yeah, and um, you just get the whole song with like you know a little bit of like you know the the big title credits. You know, uh, and it goes through the whole song, and it's it that's a kind of a nice way to um, you know wrap up the movie too. Yeah, uh, and then a nice little like final touch also is I wish more movies did this because it's so like when we get to just like the the credit scroll. Instead of it just being black, it's just a shot of the house that like very slowly zooms in just a little bit over the course of the credits with like actually but, cre- creepy music. Yeah, just like kind of ominous music, and I don't know. It makes it makes me want to watch the credits more, like because if it's just a black background, I can just kind of like zone out and I'm but not paying something attention. Something going on but, behind it. Yeah, then it's kind of like which I think gives those all those the people who deserve that credit. You know, the gaffers and the caterers and stuff who like you know we don't know or pay attention to at least they're getting their sort of moment in the sun where we can see their name you know mm-hmm. yeah absolutely that's pretty much where we cut off on so here's my thoughts one lester could have been a really shitty character but he actually turned out to be really great mm-hmm. and he's ba- he's basically moving the whole plot forward like this one werewolf is driving the movie behind the scenes yeah, I mean, he leads them to California and then helps set them up so that they're comfortable. Right. Well, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And he even introduces, uh, well, by accident, Lily and Herman. Yeah, true. Yeah. And yeah, it, I think the trajectory of the story, it, it really does kind of build into Herman and Lily's relationship. You know, mm-hmm. like Herman starts out, he's not entirely likable, but he gets more so as the movie goes. And it's really as... Lily sort of brings out the better side of him. Right, 100%. Uh, I think that Lily was definitely my favorite character on first watch, and I think she still is. Like, I just really like Sherry Moon Zombie's portrayal of Lily. Like, I think she really got the spirit of Yvonne DiCarlo, like the sort of slightly nervous movements and stuff. Herman, it took me a little bit more to, like, appreciate because it's a a different portrayal, but I, I do think it works. It just... It took me a little bit to like get into the groove of like this version of Herman. Right. Well, I, I got to follow my favorite couple, Floop and uh, Doctor uh, Wolfgang. <laughs> they were oh, great yeah. additions. They really were. They're a lot of fun. And I f- I don't know if there will get more of this. Like I don't know if there will be a sequel to this or not. Right. I kind of feel like probably not, knowing how like the movie landscape is just so weird and messy right now. Right. Um, but if it, if there is more, I doubt we'll see more of Wolfgang and Floop, but you know, we'll definitely obviously see more of the, the main trio and possibly Eddie and Marilyn. Right. And I would definitely love to see that. Right. And of course more Lester because Thomas Boykin, uh, we didn't give him credit in the beginning, but he, he's also kind of a, a zombie alumni mm-hmm. to a degree three from hell. But yeah, man, I, you know, I mean, werewolves, you know, <laughs> That's yeah. my thing. So I, right. yeah. So there you go. It really feels like a love letter to the monsters. Yes. Rob Zombie I, definitely watched a lot of the the show, 
and yeah, you can tell that. I saw like I saw an interview with him where he was talking about that like basically the Munsters was like the first TV show he ever saw. He's like as soon as I was aware of TV the Munsters was on in my house. Like that's my earliest memories are watching these like black and white shows and I've I've loved it ever since and it led me into horror which led to House of Thousand Corpses and all that. And Well, hell, it uh, influences music. Dragula. Right, of course, yeah. And apparently that's this movie has been off and on in the works since House of a Thousand Corpses, which wow. was originally a universal picture, but then it was too gruesome and they like sold it yeah. off to Lionsgate. Yeah, that was a big thing, wasn't it? Yeah, but apparently if they had liked House of a Thousand Corpses, this movie may have come out many years ago. But, but basically they were like, yeah, we don't really want anything to do with you right now. Right. Um, and so... They kind of backburnered it. And then I, I think there's two or three other times over the course of those couple decades where like Rob Zombie kind of got his foot in the door, but then like the rights got reverted to somebody else. And he just kept like, you know, he was like, by the time this, this one rolled around, I was just like expecting the rug to be pulled out from under me at any moment. But right. it, it actually went through finally. Yeah, that's interesting because I mean, we had this discussion on our commentary, but it's like Rob Zombie isn't the best when he has full control over his own projects. I mean, his own music, yeah. It feels like he needs to be constrained. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels like there was someone here like, yo, we can't do that <laughs> at points. <laughs> yeah, I, and I think not only just the constraints of the studio, but just the constraints of, like, I'm making a movie for, a, Kids, for you know, family viewers, and I, I want to honor this thing that I loved as a kid. Yeah. You know, that sort of, by the nature of the project, there were constraints put on him, and I, th- I think that it served him really well. Yeah. Uh, I, I even said I believe that this was my favorite zombie movie, so Rob Zombie movie. I I think that yeah, I can I can see feeling that way. Like as I, at this point, I you know I've watched it three times, which might be the most I've watched any Rob Zombie movie. Right, I, right. I might have watched the first ha- or his first Halloween That's- movie two or three times as well because mm-hmm. I tend to watch all the Halloween movies pretty regularly. Yeah. But like House of a Thousand Corpses and um, those, like they're good and I've watched them maybe twice each, but it's kind of like I don't really need to see them again. Like I, I get it, you know. But this one, it's joyful in a way that is more likely that I'm going to pull it off the shelf and, and throw it on oh, just yeah. for fun. and the, you know, Especially so- around Halloween. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I definitely see this one being more in rotation than any of his others for me. And you know, here's here's something interesting. So the last time we we watched this, the one we watched together, the commentary, we we actually had went over Rotten Tomatoes and note that's not obviously a be all end all metric, but it is a small form of measure. And I believe we said it was at like what thirty three percent. Well, just in the last couple of days, it's risen already to forty two. So I have a feeling, I have a feeling that this one is going to be a cult favorite. I hope so. Yeah, it's got cult, it's definitely got cult favorite energy in my book, so. Yeah, and that, like, if it gets a little bit of a following, Mm -hmm. a little bit of, uh, you know, groundswell support, Netflix is very mercurial. They will cancel a show out of nowhere, but they'll also, like, let something run way longer than you expect them to. So if, if they think that they've got the audience this could possibly, you know, get another movie or a show or something. And that would be, uh, that would be incredible. I would love yeah. to see where Rob Zombie takes the family now that they're, that they are a family. Right. Exactly. And another thing is I do appreciate the fact that the intact, like, so when this first came out, I think we were mentioning that it seemed like grandpa was going to be the antagonist, not just a antagonist. And he wasn't even really that much of an antagonist in this movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I kind of like that. And also the shit I was spouting about how wild and crazy it would go. 
I do appreciate that he toned it down and didn't go didn't go so wild and bloody. Of course, we did have a kill. I mean, yeah, the kill the, was already dead, but <laughs> the zombie kill at the beginning, yeah, yeah. So you can't uh, yeah, it, it it really feels like like Herman and Lily. You've got these sort of two disparate things coming together to make this like perfect family, and it feels mm-hmm. like you take this family friendly show and you take Rob Zombie, this horror creator, and it just works. Yep. And honestly, if they do mention that, you know, okay, Rob Zombie's just going to do a, a, a regular, like, show with episodes, I'm there for it. 100%. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Any more thoughts? Yeah, I think that covers it. Um, we've now talked about this for almost four hours between <laughs> yeah. the two episodes, so clearly we're, we're pretty fond of it mm-hmm. uh, and, and highly recommend it. And, of course, it's on Netflix. This is, you know, we talk about a lot of obscure movies that you've really got to work to find. This one's super easy, so... Uh, if you're still on the fence about it, you've spent more time with us than it would take to just watch the movie. So <laughs> Twice? Watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's it's everything I could have hoped for it to be, basically. Yeah, 100%. All right. In that case, where can they find us, Anthony? Um, so, yeah, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Frankencast. You can email us at frankencast at gmail.com um you can also uh find us at patreon patreon.com slash the frankencast and of course you know we've got lots more monster stuff over there and a lot of other things as well uh we're having a lot of fun there so yeah we definitely would love to have you know have you join us there if you can afford to do that for three or five dollars a month basically a cup of coffee we think it's worth it yeah absolutely and at at the very least at least just stop in just say hey any interaction is good interaction, so as we always say. Yeah. Hey, Anthony, you know what I, uh, I'm i missing? You know, could we go back to the well of Abbott and Costello? Maybe something preferably in Spanish? <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, we kind of have been doing this sort of like end of year anniversary thing, kind of trying to do some things to call back to what we've done in the past. And we figured what better way to do that than with the uh, the Mexican remake of Avon Costello Meet Frankenstein. Because mm-hmm. uh, obviously Avon Costello Meet Frankenstein was one of our early movies that we had a lot of fun doing. Um, so we thought, you know, now's the time to kind of go back to that well. It's called Frankenstein Vampire and Company is the English translation or, yeah. you know. Frankenstein of Vampiro y Compania. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's a really interesting kind of fun, mm-hmm. you know, seeing the humor from the American version sort of reflected through the lens of Mexican culture. Right. So yeah, we'll, we'll be digging into that next week. Ah, I'm excited for it. All right. Mm-hmm. And as always, to be continued. Looks like you survived another episode. The Frankencast is a production of FCR Media. It's hosted by Anthony Bowman and Eric Velasquez. Follow us on Twitter at The Frankencast or send us a letter at thefrankencast at gmail.com. Our cover art is by Amanda Keller. You can find her at Keller Illustrations on Instagram. Thanks for listening.